Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. This has been somewhat of our key text for some time. And this is where I got the title of the healing class. But we start out in verse 20. My son, give attention to my words, or the King James says, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. Actually, that's the New King James. That's not the Amplified, sorry. I thought I clicked on that. Let's do this one more time. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that guard. For out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and, and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. And I'm going to go ahead and read through 27. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. And we know that it is so important that we renew our mind with the Word of God. And I like what Pastor Nancy has said. If you are dealing with symptoms and you don't know how uh, to get rid of those symptoms, you just need more knowledge. Amen. If, if you don't know how to access healing in your life, you just need more knowledge. So the knowledge of God's Word is what we need. Now, I want you to go ahead and go to 1 John chapter 3. And I've really been checking my heart, and this just keeps sticking in my spirit, so I'm just going to keep going with it. But we talked last week. Now, I'm, I'm going to, First uh, John chapter 3, and let's start with verse 16. We talked last week about how it's important to make this simple. And you may say, Pastor Debbie, I've come to these classes before. You know, I, I know this stuff. Well, with that attitude, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> So we've, we need to make it simple. And the more that we hear it, the more, and honestly, the more that you hear Pastor Jay and I teach it and make it simple, the easier it's going to be not only to access for your own life, but it's, the easier it's going to be for you to minister to others. Because many times people will come up to us and say, how do I minister to this to others? But, you know, I, I, that's why we just keep it simple. And it's easier for you to access and easy for you to minister to others. Did anybody uh, get that little book, The Laying Out of Hands by yes, Kenneth Hagin Jr.? Yes, Was it Kenneth Hagin Jr. or Dad Hagin? It, 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 well, anyway, I got it all mixed up. But did you get that one? <laughs> well, it's Laying Out of Hands, and it is Dad Hagin. And we had that one already. Uh, because what we want to really emphasize is, first, you need to get these things established for your own life. All right. and, I, and I mentioned last week, and we've often said, just like on the plane, we fly a lot, and they always make the, the same announcement over and over and over again. They, they want people to get it. They, if you're in an emergency situation, you need to put the oxygen mask on first before you try to put it on the, the child or your husband or whoever. So uh, that's important. So put your oxygen mask of healing on first. Know how to access it. Make it simple. Now, I will say this, uh, there was a time that I was dealing with one of those weeks that you're back and forth in and out of love. H have you been there before? 
I think, you know, I'm going to tell off on myself and Pastor Jay because I think sometimes that makes it easier for people to understand uh, that we have not sprouted angel wings yet. <laughs> but there are times when we challenge one another <laughs> and we love each other, but we're both kind of stubborn and we're, and we're both competitive. So sometimes, you know, it's just like, okay. <laughs> but but at the same time we've learned to walk in love we and we do we really and very seldom do we heighten things or you know we just because if it's getting that way we'll go in the other room pray in the spirit and you know go back or he'll go watch a deer flick and or something like that <laughs> but there was a week I was in and out of love and there was something that I, I thought was real important to me you know it probably didn't mean a hill of beans uh, so I just let it get to me and it wasn't something that Pastor Jay necessarily, you know, it, we, we just had a disagreement about something. But I, and I let that get to me. And uh, I, at the point, at that time in history, I, I was supposed to be teaching the healing class. And what I told uh, Pastor Jay when I, well, it was uh, Saturday and I was studying, I was sitting on the couch, he was getting his breakfast. And I said, I need to teach the healing class. And I have been walking in love all week long, you know, because by then I had apologized. Yeah. He apologized, I apologized, we were all good. And, not necessarily feeling warm and fuzzy, but we were good. <laughs> and, and he says, you know, God forgave you immediately. And so, so we just have to remember that God forgives us immediately. It's like, oh, but the memory's there. And it's really just best if we just walk in love daily because what keeps us out of the things of God, and we've talked about this, is shame and condemnation. And, and well, I'm just not good enough. You know, Jesus gave his life on the cross and made you good enough. Amen. Now, tis the season, especially for women, I don't know what it is about the fall time and hormones, all right? and chemical imbalances and all this, and I'm not trying to put those things down, uh, but rather than popping all the pills, uh, let's pop some word. Amen. And let's put the word, you know, people calling, and I'm not trying to put anybody down, I'm not naming any names, people calling and, you know, somebody did this and they don't like me, and, you know, it's just, it's been a tough week. It's been tough. Well, I feel those things, but I don't call Ann and tell her. <laughs> You know, and, and the more that you voice it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the harder it's going to get. Yeah. Uh, so it's just best to get in the word of God, tell your mouth to shut up, look at, look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, hey, Debbie, get it together and just receive from God. So anyway, what I'm trying to say to you, you are righteous. You may not feel like it. Maybe you missed it. And, and if we are being disobedient and walking in sin, what we have to do is go to 1 John 1, 9 and just access forgiveness. It doesn't mean you're going to feel like it afterwards. It doesn't even mean, uh, you know, you may have a habit going in that area of your life. And many people have habitual habits that are sinful, that they're yielding to. But God, I give this to you and I'm going to renew my mind and I'm going to renew my mind. You know, he'll, he'll heal you uncredited. He's merciful. How many parents, when your daughter, your son comes to you, uh, I'm just going to go this, with this a little bit. This is healing class, okay? <laughs> and it does have to do with your healing. How many parents, your, your children come to you and say, I'm sorry. I know I need, yeah, you do go live. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I do. Um, come and say, I'm sorry. It's good to have you here, Judy. Real miraculous things happened in your life this last week, didn't they? Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, just healing and wholeness and had a 
the surgery process all went well, and praise the Lord. God, God's good. And here they are, the same week in healing class. That, that's commitment, and, and God will meet you because of that hunger. Amen? We're not, to wrench, we're not trying to wrench anything from his hand. We already have it. But we're coming. We're renewing our mind. We're gaining knowledge of areas we can just continue. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is you are righteous. And just like you would tell your children, look, you just need to work on that. And, and are they going to strip all everything away from you? Well, you can't use yourself anymore. You can't do this. You can't do the other. If, if they know that you're genuinely working on that, okay? Now, I will say that if your parents told you certain things, that you are going to get your cell phone stripped. You are going to do it until, you know, you just get it right. Just like one man said, you know, uh, I had five women. I've cut it down to four. Well, that's not what we're talking about, all right? All right? That's not what we're talking about. It, it might be an addiction to drugs. That's not necessarily something that you are... Uh, I'm not talking about your addiction to women, but anyway, um, although uh, I would I would really say get some counseling, <laughs> get some counseling. It, it, there de there definitely is pornographic addiction and things like that, and and spouses do have to be sensitive to that matter, especially if somebody's grown up around that atmosphere. But uh, I'm, I'm not saying you know cut down from five women to four and that type of thing, but. I will say that once you've got that stuff, and I'm, I'm, this other thing's on hold. Uh, once you've got that stuff in your mind, once you've been focusing on pornography, it, it, it's going to be vivid. And it, it's going to take a while to get that out of your mind. That's why you have to constantly renew your mind with the Word. So a person that has yielded to pornography many times will go back to it. So be patient. And it's not necessarily about you. You know, wives have, come, have said to me, is it about me? They don't like my body. No, it's not about you. You know, it's about addiction. And they need to deal with that addiction. Okay. It's about yielding to lust. But so, you know, in that respect, we do have to be patient with people. And God's just not going to cut us off. Go toward, get your mind renewed. Be in church every time the doors are open. Go to church functions. You know, when you're in the car, listen to Pastor Jay and myself, uh, Dr. Frank, Pastor Nancy, uh, in uh, on the CDs or iPad or whatever. Just when you're taking a shower, you know, many times I have a, a CD going. Just constantly renew your mind with the word. I, I've told people, if I started bowing out of church, I would backslide too. And yet, why is it that people that, that frankly, they haven't even hardly grown they're, and, the, and they're just still children in the Lord, they think they can get by with just a little bit. It's because that's how we were raised. And we have a society that has not been committed, and the pastors keep telling them, come to church, come to church, come to church. But their parents have not taught them how to stick to anything. Many times their parents haven't taught them, you know, when they went to go to uh, learn to play the horn or the flute or something like that. After two lessons, oh, I can't do this. Their parents should have said, no, you said you wanted to do it. You're going to follow through, and you're going to learn the horn, or it's going to wrap around your neck, okay? <laughs> So, I mean, you know, you just, you, you got to teach children stick-to-iveness. There are people in this church that have been grown, have grown up that way and they're faithful. And if they say they're going to do something, they do it. But then there are others that, that they say they're going to do something and it never happens. 
that will catch up with you and your heart will condemn you and God will eventually require that at your hand and it will affect your ability to receive. So, but we've got to renew our mind. So there were three things last week that we talked about when we read 1 John. Let's read that one more time. By this we know, in verse 16, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and see his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And you might say, but Pastor Debbie, I thought you were going to go into redemption and this. I am. <laughs> we're getting there. And really, I'm talking about that. Uh, but the thing is, too many times people want to know all the principles of healing. Uh, but what they need at the time, they're not focusing on. So you can know about the whole redemptive package. You can know about the covenant. You can know about all, you know, the, the, the candlesticks and everything else in the temple. You can know about that. It's not going to do you a bit of good if you're not getting the basic principles of grace through faith. So first of all, we're talking about love, right? Okay, but in verse 18, my little children, let us not love in the word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. In other words, shall assure means we, we shall have faith. We, we're going to assure our hearts and we're going to use our faith, right? Now, Pastor Jay, last Wednesday, not uh, two Wednesdays ago, he taught on making faith simple. You need to get that CD. We are going to include that into the healing class, but go ahead and get that CD or uh, it's on the archives, on the service archives. Uh, and listen to that. Faith made simple. And he, he talks in Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things, First uh, John 5, 14, and so on and so forth, that are key scriptures that we need to understand what faith means. Faith is a confidence. Faith is a conviction. Faith is a foundation that you base uh, the Word of God. You're believing in the Word of God, and, and, it, and it holds up in, 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 in the face of everything the enemy tries to bring you. You have believed that you've received. In verse 20, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So if our heart condemns us, so it's our own heart that condemns us. The Spirit of God does not condemn us, but he will convict. In other words, he will lead you to things that you need to make right that are hindering you. And what we've talked about is uh, when we're not walking in love, really uh, the bridge to healing goes out because faith works by love. And when we're not walking in love and when we're talking about people or, or what have you, uh, then our heart is condemning us and we're not receiving from God because your heart is the mechanism or the organism that you're using to believe. And when your heart's condemning you and saying, you know, that's not right with that person. And it basically you could say it this way. Let's make it simple. You have short circuited the power. The power is there, but you've short circuited. What if we were whatever wire, if we were to cut the wire to the electricity, we're not going to have electricity in here. So it's not God withholding. Actually, he's already done it. The power's already been made available. It's there. Jesus already died for you. You, if you receive it by faith, just like if somebody gave you a house five years ago and you didn't know about it, it's, it's been yours the whole time. Right. Jesus gave you healing. Right. 
He gave you your healing house. Amen. And you can access that. But when you're not walking in love or you're being disobedient in some way, your heart's condemning you and you're short circuiting the power because the confidence and the assurance is not there. You cannot be confident when you're going against the word of God. It will affect your confidence. But it doesn't, just like Pastor Jay said, forgiveness starts immediately. I had to deal with my own heart. I had to deal with, oh, oh my goodness, I don't know better than this. How many years have I been in the ministry? All right? But, but no, if you, none of you have been there before. You're just the epitome of perfection in your marriage. I, praise the Lord. Well, good for you. Verse 22, whatever we ask, because we have confidence toward God, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. Now, what did we say? Three things. First of all, we need to know, uh, ask the question, are you in faith? Are you in faith? But you really just need the simplicity of what is faith. And then you need to go to the scriptures that promise you healing or whatever you need. Now, in the redemption package, what do we have? Jesus died for us and we receive delegated authority. When it says, use the name of Jesus, what does that mean? Uh, we have the power of attorney. Jesus died for us and gave us the power of attorney. We have a card, so to speak, that says, Debbie is in Christ. Amen. And I can show that here, Mr. Devil. And all he sees is the blood of Jesus. And I can access anything that I need. But there's three things in redemption. We'll go back to the three points here. But there's three things in redemption. The first one is we are free. Uh, we've been forgiven of sin. Primarily the sin that we have not received Jesus as Lord. When you receive Jesus as Lord, uh, then you're forgiven. You're made righteous. Now, if you miss it or you sin again, you go to 1 John 1, 9. And you receive uh, forgiveness, right? right. Uh, number two, what do we have in redemption? So first of all, we're free from uh, a sin or the effects of sin. We're made righteous. It doesn't matter what we feel like. Right. Yeah. So stop with the condemnation. Stop hitting yourself over the head. Yeah, but I'm dealing with anxiety attacks. I understand, but that, that doesn't mean you're not healed. Right. That just means you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. And really the anxiety will short circuit the power of God working to you because you're focused on the wrong thing and the wires aren't hooked up. Right. Start focusing on the right thing. I'm righteous. All it takes is one statement out of a heart of belief. You may get up in the morning, you look in the, we're going to get to point two of redemption here, okay? You may uh, get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I failed, I, I feel terrible. Well, I don't always feel so hot in the morning either. But I start saying something. I am righteous. I am healed. Yeah, but I'm dealing with symptoms and there's a reason I got to dig up the reason. No, you don't. Jesus died for you. It's your house. It's your healing. Amen. Are you here? Some of you are off in another land. There's one particular person you're thinking about something else. I can see it all over you. Stop worrying about it. Amen. Stop worrying about that person. Amen. God can take care of them. Amen. Focus on the message. Amen. You're going to need it. Yes. Not pointing anybody out. I'm, I'm looking right here, okay? But every time I look at you, you just, 
because you're worrying about a situation, stop worrying about it. Amen. God is able to take care of that person. Amen. All right? You can't override their will, but he will take care of them. Amen. He will turn their heart. He will work it all out. And that thing that they have yielded to will change to their benefit, even though you don't realize it. Well, whatever that is, it will change to their benefit, even though you don't realize it. And a heart change must, must be made, and they will, a heart change must be made, uh, but they will see it. They will see it. They will see it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise that Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, so number one is we are righteous. We have been forgiven. Jesus died for us and, and we've been forgiven from, uh, we've received him as Lord and Savior. You see, the devil was our father before. We were in the kingdom of the devil. Even though we're, uh, God made us, we're his creation. We had to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that translated us into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. We became a new man. Our spirit man became new. We received the fruit of the spirit, joy, peace. You access these things, faith. But there's three parts of redemption that you receive when you, that when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The first of all, you've been made righteous, no matter what you feel like, no matter if you have to pop an antidepressant. You're still righteous. No matter if you had to take a Tylenol, you're righteous. No matter if you had to go to the doctor, no matter if you had surgery, God gave them the wisdom. But always put Dr. Jesus first and follow him and lead him. And if you miss it, get back up and get on the righteous wagon again. Get back up. Get back up. And let's tell these young people in the Lord that are sporadic about church, get back up. And when you see them at church, don't just, oh, hi, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Spend some time talking with them. They need that. They've been around the wrong people all week long. They need us to encourage and talk. See, that's what we're supposed to do. We're not just coming here for ourselves. We are supposed to reach out. We are a family. There are young people in the Lord that come here and they're hurting and they're waiting in line to talk to Pastor Jay. And I don't have a half hour to talk to them. I wish I did. And many times I take the time anyway, but I, I need your help to talk with people and let them know you're righteous. Just keep telling them, you're righteous. Amen. You're righteous. Yeah. We, we can't ever get burdened down with uh, talking to people and encouraging them. Yeah, but I need to talk to and I need to encourage. Well, you need to grow up and get out of the baby bed. That's what you need. I love you, Pastor Debbie. I love you. Know, it's all over you. Praise the Lord. Number two in redemption is we are healed and whole. We've received uh, now, it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him, him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but what? To save. Amen. What does that word save mean? It's a redemptive term. Amen. And this is what you receive. Uh, save means to rescue from danger. Right. So we, we are talking about redemption here. Okay, you're getting some details. All right. Uh, we're not just, just faith, 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 faith. Oh, that's all they talk about is faith. Well, you can't receive without faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So get over that. Amen. Just receive. 
what the Lord is dealing with us uh, that will help you. All right? But save means to rescue from danger, to make healed and whole of disease. Amen. Save. Amen. To make righteous, to rescue. Uh, also, redeem means to ransom. And really, uh, they're like terms. All right? So he has saved us, but we don't, you see, we, we went by faith to God and received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and became a new man in Christ. But some of us didn't know about the healing part of it, the healing covenant. You see, in Exodus 23, it talks, they had a, they had a healing covenant. Then you go to Isaiah 53, 5. Let's, let's just go ahead. I'm going to read these. Because what did I say? You've got to know, number one, that you're in faith. Now, the three redemptive reasons. Uh, first, we've been made righteous. We've been forgiven. Number two, we're healed and whole. Uh, he's redeemed us from sickness and disease. Number three, he's redeemed us from poverty and lack. Yes. All of those areas. Uh, but we need to be tithers yes. in order for it to work. Yes. And then we need to be givers on top of that. Yes. All right? So that was all free. Now, I will say that, let me see. Uh, so we have a healing covenant. So just write this down in Exodus 23, verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. I will fulfill the number of your days. That was the covenant they had. But Adam and Eve had a covenant of healing and health. They actually w walked in divine health. There's a difference between asking God, needing healing, healing every other day for something different and having health to where you're not dealing with any symptoms. Adam and Eve did not deal with symptoms. They were just healthy. Well, that's my goal. How about you? But what I do is I call myself healthy every day. Healed and whole, healthy. Now, uh, what God has shown me is, you know, Debbie, you would, you would live with a lot less. Now, I, I live in healing, trust me. But you would even live with less symptoms and things like that if you would take better care of your body. And I'm still working on it, okay? Y'all take care of yourselves, I'll take care of mine, all right? Still working on it, and, I, and praise the Lord. Uh, just take better care of your body, get better rest. Now, there are many changes Pastor Jane and I have made in our diet. Doesn't, doesn't mean that I don't like a good burger and some fries like I had the other day. Good shake, you know, Sunday, turtle Sunday, you know. Uh, somebody going to Culver's, anything? Um, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm just eating weeds all the time. But... I do take vitamins, and I take quite a few. I, I watch what I eat. I watch what I drink. Sometimes I go off the beaten path, and I have to get back on. You understand? And I use my faith. And while I'm downing that pie, I, have, I use my faith, okay? Praise the Lord. A couple years back, as you all know, you know, I gained quite a bit of weight. And the Lord just dealt with it. It wasn't about the weight. I'm still beautiful. Hello. All of me. <laughs> but uh, God started dealing with me. I needed longevity in the ministry, and it was going to affect me, and it started to affect me. So those are things. I, I don't care what weight you are. Just, just be good to your body. All right? Take care of yourself. So Exodus 23, 25, they had a covenant already. Adam and Eve already uh, had a covenant Isaiah 53, 4, this is Isaiah the prophet prophesying of what Jesus would do. 
he said in verse 4, 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In other words, it's talking about what we received in redemption. All right. Not only, you know, also we received freedom from oppression. Yeah, I, I know, but why am I still anxious? Because you're thinking about the wrong thing. And when you think about the wrong thing, that's how the body works. When you're thinking on so something, then the autonomic system kicks in and feelings come. Okay, he's redeemed you, but you got to do something. Now, in all honesty, you, you want me to tell you the truth of the matter? What he's redeemed you from is the physiological, natural things, chemical imbalances and things like that. Okay, he can't remove your mind. God did not remove your mind at redemption. You have to think on the right thing. Yeah, but I thought he redeemed me of anxiety. He did. Stop thinking about the wrong thing. Because when you're thinking about something, then the feelings will come. And what I try to tell people from things from your past, you know, will bring memories and what have you. And then it creates anxiety because you start thinking about these things. That's why we have to renew our mind with the Word of God. Now, I understand. I, I went through some pretty horrific things in my past, and some of you have too. And I had to learn when you can't talk about something, you're not free from it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not saying sit, sit there in camp and tell everybody. Uh, but if you need to go tell somebody, do so. Get it off your chest. Do whatever it takes. Talk to somebody about it. But don't camp there and talk about it for a year because it will create anxiety. And it will become larger than God's word. And you, what you have to do is admit it, acknowledge it, forgive the person if they've hurt you, forgive yourself for anything you've done, but move on. But that's, that's hard telling people, just get over it. I didn't say that. That's a good thing to do, but I didn't say that. Um, I'm saying acknowledge it and move on. And allow God to put in the healing oil and the wine. You know, he, his, his health and his healing is there for you. But what I'm trying to say is he took our, our oppression of mind and, and really in a natural sense, chemical imbalances and things like that. He took it from you. Okay. Amen. So you're the one that has to deal with the anxiety part. Amen. Why am I anxious? I thought he took it. He did. Yes. Stop thinking yes. on that. Amen. Don't stop thinking. <laughs> stop thinking on that. Uh, I'm going to say this. Some of you are watching the wrong movies, playing the wrong video games, and it's creating anxiety in your life. And some of you, people have talked to you about it, and you just don't want to hear it because you like doing that. And it's not affecting me. Yes, it is. What you don't realize it is, is it is affecting you daily. It's oppressing you. It's affecting your life. If you're wondering why things aren't turning out better, that's the very reason. Amen. The atmosphere that you're putting yourself and what you're putting your mind on. Amen. That was all free. I'm glad you got up. Some of you, I, I saw you, you know, get up. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, the help. All right. Uh, but in Isaiah 53, it says, surely he was born... He has borne our griefs, that means sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, and uh, that means pains. So the word, uh, not the Greek, I'm trying to think, uh, what's the Old Testament term? Thank you. The Hebrew term for griefs is sickness, 
and the Hebrew term for sorrows is pain. All right, that's what he took. Right. He didn't remove your mind. You have to deal with that thing. All right, Matthew 8, 16. What Isaiah prophesied, this is just part of that. Matthew 8, 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. So Jesus was the manifestation of this covenant. Now he had come on the earth, and he was laying hands on the sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the, I, Isaiah the prophet, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Well, uh, he came on the earth, and he ministered to individuals, but then he went to the cross. And he redeemed us. So he took it. So we go to 1 Peter 2.24. And that brings it into the epistles, the New Testament. So you need a reference from the epistles, right? Because we're in the age of grace here. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So you've been made righteous, you've been healed, and you've been redeemed from poverty and lack. In Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You've been redeemed. You've been rescued. You've been bought with a price. Now, and this is the commandment that we should believe in the name. So, first of all, do you have faith? The second... We talked about three different things that we need to do to ensure our healing. And one was use your faith to ask yourself the question, am I in faith? Number two, am I walking in love? And number three, am I being obedient to God? Now, being obedient to God first entails using your faith, because if you're not using your faith, that's disobedience. And if we have time, we'll talk about that a little bit. But this is the commandment that we should believe on the name. Now, I told you that, that we have delegated the authority. We have a card in Christ. Michelle is in Christ. So we can, if you're dealing with symptoms, what do you do? Well, in John 14, and let's just go ahead and, and go there. Because we're talking about the name of Jesus, aren't we? So go to John 14, and we'll start out in verse 12. Is this all right? Yes. I know that we're reviewing some things, but like I said, we, we need to keep reviewing them and yes. just need to make it simple. So what does it mean to use the name of Jesus? Well, stick around, we'll tell you. Verse 12, John 14, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. That's really talking about laying hands on the sick. It says believers lay hands on the sick. It doesn't mean you necessarily have a healing anointing, but just do it in faith. We talked about that. Some ministers have special anointings to minister to people. Uh, endowments by the Spirit of God that go with their offices. But we can, that's why that little mini book on laying on of hands, I, I want you to get a mentality that we just need to go minister to the sick. Amen. And we don't necessarily need to have any special leading. If, so, if we hear that somebody's sick, we'll go over to their house and ask them if you can share the word with them. Amen. If they don't want to receive it, say next. Because we're supposed to not be living for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. And we will answer to God, and we are going to be spending eternity in heaven. So why aren't we on this earth doing kingdom things? Right. 
And we should be following the example of Jesus. What did he do? Preach, teach, and heal. And now, uh, well, I'm not a preacher of the word, but you can share the word. You, you can teach people. God will give you understanding. Just one-on-one. I, I love one-on-one just ministering to people. All right. So uh, let's move on here. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, that word ask means to ask, call for, or require. In other words, remember in uh, Mark 11, 22, have the faith of God. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou taken up and removed into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says shall come to pass. When you speak to sickness and disease, it's got to leave. Why? Because you have delegated authority given to you in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he paid the price on the cross. He paid your ransom and he gave you a card. Now you are able to, uh, to, to uh, access anything you need through his name. Amen. Has anybody ever given you a, a card that you can access their account? You know, it, maybe their debit card or what have you. Well, your name's not on there. That's right. Their name is. That's right. Well, we are in Christ. His name's on the card, but we're in him. Right. That's why I said, Debbie is in Christ. And I just give the devil that card and say, hey, I'm healed. That's right. Well, really, what am I talking about? Well, you have a pain in your knee. So what? Well, I've got a healing covenant. That's right. In Jesus' name, I call yes. healing in this knee. Amen. Okay, whatever you ask call for or require. Many times people uh, say that word ask means to beg. That is not consistent with the scriptures. We don't have to beg for anything. Especially, why do you have to beg for something that's already yours? I mean, uh, that's kind of uh, along the line of insanity. Now, we think that we've got to beg because we haven't been taught, so I'm not trying to put anybody down. But when you've been taught that you've already received through redemption, in other words, healing's already yours, you just have to access it through faith. You're already righteous, you just access it through faith. So that's what it means to have delegated authority in the name of Jesus. We use his name just like a policeman when he has that billy club up like that and and tells traffic to stop. He's doing it in the name of that city government. And that badge has given him a delegated authority for that city. Right? We have delegated authority in the name of Jesus, and we can speak to symptoms and say, no. And what do you do? Well, specifically, in Jesus' name, get out of here. I command this. You know, first of all, I just call healing into my leg. You may say, well, don't I have to ask for healing? You can if it helps you. Uh, but you've already received it. Why do you need to ask for something? I, I'm just, I gotta hit this home. Why do we need to ask for something that's already ours? It's mine already. Yeah, but then why did it come against me? Because we're in the cage with the lion, which is the devil, and he comes about seeking whom he may devour in First Peter 5, is that 5, 7 around there? Uh, but it also says in James 4, rebuke the devil and he'll flee from you. That's 4, 7, right? Rebuke or resist the devil. That word resist means to oppose, stand in opposition. You, in opposing and standing in opposition isn't, Lord, please help me. When I oppose something, I say, in Jesus' name, no more. No more. Get out of here. 
and I just call healing and wholeness into my leg, already what's mine. I access it through faith. I have a point of contact. Usually I just lay my hands. I mean, you don't have to, but that's my point of contact, right? And I just call my knee, and, and I just keep calling it that way until it lines up. Like I said, I've come uh, hobbling to church by faith before. I've had pain in different, it's like, no, body, you're going to line up and you're going. And like I said, sometimes the Lord will rise up in me and say, if you just get more rest, and, and you know, and I am working on it. Some weeks I do better than others, okay? I'm working on it. Okay, pray for me. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm working on it. Sometimes I, I do much better than others. Usually the busier I am, the more rest I get. I, does that make sense? And that's just because you get distracted by things. But, but usually the busier I am, I, I'm on a better schedule and that type of thing. So it kind of throws me off a little bit when I have vacation or something. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like vacation. But, all right. Moving right along. That was all free. So we're talking about delegated authority. All right. I want to go back to John 3 in verse 14 here, because we are talking about what we have in redemption. I think that's the truth. When we're busy, I'm not talking about uh, too busy, but when we're busy, we get more done. You know, somebody that comes and says, well, I can't help in that department. Then you've got other people helping in three departments and, and they're joyful. They're doing great. You know, they're not spazzing out. But, but some people, you give them one thing to do. It's like, ah, it's like, excuse me. I'll go ask somebody else. that's you know, working in every department, doing it all. Why do we do that? Because it's all what we're thinking on. And, and our, and too many people have fostered. Now we will work with people, uh, but eventually I got to tell them and, (laughs) but we will work with, but they have fostered. I can't do it because of my past. I can't do it because I have a problem with anxiety. I can't do it because of this. You can't do it because you have not acknowledged the fact that you have a problem in that area and you've got to deal with that problem and you've, you've got to renew your mind and you've got to think on different things. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it. So we will work with people. We, we will work with them in their departments. But the very people that need these things don't come to classes like this. And, and then they're crying for help in my office. Well, moving right along. That was all free. So John 3. You know, they want help all right, but it's on their terms. You know, that's the problem with people today. That's the reason that we practically have to pull people out of bed to get them to church. And first of all, call people up and remind them. I'm, I'm, you know, I shouldn't have to do that as a pastor. <laughs> call them, hey, are you coming this morning? But I, one of my uh, good friends called me up for weeks. Get up. Get on the bus. You're coming to church. And finally, all right, leave me alone before I punched her. All right. I'm not a morning person. You don't get it. Yeah, but you're talking about you want to live for God, so get up. And I was going to Youth for Christ with her and, you know, really changing it. But she knew what I needed. And, thank you know, the pastor didn't have to come over and do that. We need to help one another. So some of these young people, you know, after a while, and they keep on giving excuses, get in their face and say, I want your phone number. 
And at 7 o'clock, 7.30, whatever it takes, call them up and say, you're coming to church. You're coming to healing class. I, I got to go pick them up. Uh, yeah? Isn't that called like reaching out? And I understand, you know, if somebody's elevator's not gone all the way to the top and they're drained, things like that. I understand. Pray for them. You may not be able to, t- to take them and go over and, you know, have dinner every night, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, but there are some people that will just drain you because they have dealt with so many emotional things in their life that you're not the one that's going to be able to help them. And, and you need to know that, okay? Praise the Lord. Move them right along. John 3. Verse 14. So if you invite somebody out to dinner, I'd encourage you to probably just invite them on a neutral area uh, rather than your home. But if you invite them, you know, a new person in church or something like that, and you have dinner and they're telling you all their problems and things, realize this, they're a fish and fish need to be cleaned. So just encourage them, that type of thing. But if it's at a place to where you're not able to, if they're not receiving what you say, eventually you're not going to be able to help them. And I'm not talking about the first setting necessarily, but in that time you are going to have to kind of stop them every now and then and say, you know what, let me share a scripture with you. Yes. You know, I'm, let me share this with, praise the Lord, you know, come to church. Amen. Hey, I'll call you up and, and wake you up. Just that type of thing. Uh, Don't spaz out if they're talking about their emotional problems or what happened in their past. That's what people do (laughs) until they've learned about they're free from those things. It's going to take a little while. So, you know, I've had people call and say, what do I do with this person? Oh, my goodness, they're spazzing out on me. I was like, well, that's what people do. They're human. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Just encourage them to share the word for them. I didn't say to invite them to dinner. I didn't say to have them over at your house and, or have them babysit your children, okay? But be nice. Say that, be nice. <laughs> or just be nice to people. Be sweet. Reach out to them. Take some time here at church. Really talk to them. Invite them to the events at church. That's why we have them. You know, every now and then maybe ask them if they want to go out to dinner in a neutral place. Once they start getting the word in in that time, then maybe you can have them over to your house. <laughs> okay? Just... Use some wisdom in that. But I've told people, I got it. Don't worry about it. And I called the, you know, I set up an appointment with them. I ministered to them. I put somebody else to minister to them that's been through that. They understand and they weren't afraid of the person. Okay. So, but too many times it's, I have to do a lot of that because people just don't know how to handle uh, someone that may be dealing with some emotional problems or upheaval in their life. And all they really need is somebody to love them. All right. And listen to a while until they hear the word of God. Eventually they need to shut up. Okay. Move right along. I just said, I'm trying to wake some of you up. Okay. I want to be nice. But eventually we have to teach people that they can't be talking about all their problems. But you're not going to be able to do that, you know, in the first setting with them. Okay. All right, John 3, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, well, anyway, let's go down to uh, 18, verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So what does it say in 1 John? We'll end with this, and this is the commandment that we should believe on the name. 
So we're condemned if we don't believe on the name. We're condemned if we don't receive our redemptive package, which basically means if we don't receive Jesus as our Lord and what comes with it, uh, forgiveness of sin, we're righteous, we're healed, and what? We're prosperous. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.